You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. I am here today with my co-host and of awesomeness, of shamelessly feminine badassness, <laughs> Lauren Trantham. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Jen. Hi, everybody. It's good to have you on again. Uh, like I said, you guys, I'm trying a new format of um, bringing you guys some thoughts and topics um, from my own world and you know, just chatting with them, with Lauren. And we would love to hear your feedback. So if you have any, you can always message me. Um, either on Instagram or by um, email, jenrosemam at gmail.com, or you can check out Lauren. Lauren, where can they find you? I am found on all social media under Ride My Road. Yeah, baby. Um, so yeah, check it out. And we love your feedback. So anything you want to send us messages about, if you want to hear about a certain topic or you have a question, I would love to do like an Ask Jet, and that would be really fun. We can do that one day. But oh, first, those are my favorite. Yeah. Oh, I love when people ask questions and I get to give crazy, silly answers. Um, <laughs> so yeah, send us your questions. We'll do an Ask Jen. That's awesome. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about femininity. I uh, This is a topic that is on my brain because, well, for a few different reasons. Um, but before I get into those reasons, I wanted to talk about femininity and how we define our femininity and um, what femininity means. It's such a hard word to say after a while, femininity, what our femininity means <laughs> in 2019. Cause I think it's a, it's a really exciting time to be a woman. And yet at the same time, still difficult, man. Like I feel like the, the feminist movement of like the seventies didn't stick you know, like the feminist movement of like the 1920s when we got this awesome right to vote didn't stick. Like it's like some of it stuck. It's like throwing spaghetti against the wall, right? Like some of it stuck, most of it fell down and we're still picking it up and throwing it against the wall. And so I just like, I wanted to kind of have an open conversation about femininity in 2019. What do you think about that? I love this topic. Um, I've had such a journey with my own femininity and you've been a big part of that. So, you know, but I'm, I can't wait to dive into this. Let's do it. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. So I, you know, for me, I have, uh, all right. So this podcast, the movement, the book, the whole thing, it's all called shamelessly feminine. Right. And like, what does that even mean? So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Shamelessly feminine really came about from my boudoir photography, because you know I'm a photographer and I photograph women who want to celebrate their unique femininity shamelessly. And so Shamelessly Feminine started coming about from that. It's funny because I I didn't, I wasn't the one that started using Shamelessly Feminine. Other people did. And I was like, huh. They would tag me in something and go, oh, you know, Jen Rosemam, she's shamelessly feminine. Because they kind of took that tagline and moved it around. And I was like, huh, there must be a thing happening here. Because people are using it and like more than one person. So I'll just adopt it. Um, and I adopted it and, you know, I'm writing a book about it and, and how to be shamelessly feminine. And I think for me, I talk a lot. I mean, I talk about a lot of stuff in the book, but I talk a lot about sort of putting the feminine back in feminist, right? Like we think that people are feminists and it's all about like man hating and, and, you know, I want everything the same as a man and I want to be looked at like a man and I want to be paid like a man and I want to have opportunities like a man. And 
I believe all of that. Like I believe that we should have the same pay as men and we should have the same opportunities as men and the same rights as men, of course. But I don't believe that we should be, have to be men to get that. Like, I think that why can't we be loved, adored, cherished, voted for, hired because of the things that we have in our lives and our emotions and our bodies and our minds that are feminine? Why do we have to downplay that in order to be, to have equal rights and equal pay and all of that? So I'm a firm believer in really bringing the feminine back into feminist, that I am not going to downplay my femininity to, you know, be out in the world the way I want to be. And in fact, I might even upplay it and I can still run for president or, you know, be the CEO of, of a, uh, corporation or whatever it might be. Um, so, you know, for me, it's really about how to marry this new way that women are being perceived, this new power that we're gaining, but also keeping our femininity at the same time, even through like the Me Too movement, right? Like we talk about, is it the woman's fault because she's dressing provocatively? I mean, we all know that it's not, that's just stupidity, but I'm just saying, I don't want to have to not dress the way I want to dress because you can't control yourself, you know? In fact, I'm going to really make sure I don't do that because, you know, you're not going to hire me because I'm wearing a skirt or you're going to, you know, you can't control yourself because I'm wearing high heels or showing some cleavage or whatever it might be. That's just pathetic. How about we live in a world where women can be whatever they want to be and everybody can control themselves (laughs) and they don't have to be so scared of women, right? So um, a lot of that for me, that femininity um, is about that, is about the power, the feminism, but it's also really been a challenge for me through breast cancer and a mastectomy to personally find my own femininity, right? So we're talking about like maybe two different levels of femininity, femininity in the world and how women can operate, but also personal definition of femininity and how I see myself as a woman. And that has definitely been, as I like to call it, threatened from things like infertility and cancer, being a mom, you know, all these different things in some ways threaten my femininity. So, you know, I think about that a lot also, like when I had my, my breasts amputated basically, cause that's really what it is. It's an amputation. When I had my breasts amputated and it was one of the most feminine parts of my body. And one of the parts that I loved the most, to be honest, um, when that was removed, how did I then define myself as a woman? I, in fact, it's actually strengthened my femininity in a way because I don't have that to rely on anymore. Now, what do I have? You know, where, where can I dig and find those feminine roots? And for me, it's come so much from, uh, an internal power. And that's, that's what I like to say in shamelessly feminine. Like when things are lining up for you, the way, you know, they should, or the way you've planned it or what you've worked towards, that's what feels shamelessly feminine. Like you're like, I have no doubt that this is how I want to show up as a woman in this world. And, uh, those are, those are my thoughts on, like I said, showing up as a feminine person in the world and showing up as a feminine being for myself. Yeah, that I mean, you just said a lot there. So there's so yeah. many things we could keep talking about. But I what I found interesting is what you're talking about is there's like the femininity of the heart too, like right, like the things that you do emotionally and how you're showing up. And then there's this whole other issue with body image and how we have to, you know, all the molds we have to fit in and I mean all of those things. And so like how do you combine those, like the physical with the emotional? 
and not like lose yourself and like finding out what all of those things mean to you. Like that's been a big journey for you, Jen. I mean, I think not just me, I think all women, you know, like we go through a period, like my, my daughter's 13, right. She's going through puberty and her body's changing. And it makes me really realize from the age of 13 to now I'm 43. So it's been 30 years. My body hasn't stopped changing. My mind hasn't stopped changing. You know, my emotions haven't stopped changing. And I think we're so, we're like taught that like, you know, we, we need to figure this all out, but we're never going to figure it out because it's constantly changing. And I think over the past um, year and a half has been so interesting for me because I went from being what was perceived as a perfectly healthy, you know, 41 year old woman to uh, a 43 year old that's in menopause and, you know, it doesn't have breasts. So it's such a weird contrast between the two, you know, and like now even I look at pictures and it's so funny that this happens with pictures since I'm a photographer and I'll look back sometimes at a picture and be like, Oh, I remember that day. I was 118 pounds and I remember what I was doing and what I was wearing. And I remember that I felt fat and I should be so, so fat now, you know, like how stupid was I that I felt fat that day. And I'll look at another picture and go, Oh, you know, I remember that day I was 123 pounds and I felt fat and I, you know, or whatever. And I, it's like, it, it's so crazy to me that I can look back at an image sometimes and remember how much I weighed and like how I didn't want to wear a certain piece of clothing or something. And I look at that picture now and be like, that girl's nuts. You know, she's skinny or she's fit or she's strong or whatever it might be. I was never skinny and I probably never will be, but um, it's just not my body type. But, you know, just feeling like, what did I miss out on that day because of my, what I thought my body looked like, which it didn't really, you know, or, or, um, something like that. I don't know if it's like, if I'm going off on a tangent a little bit about that, but it's just, I feel like it makes me realize like, man, I'm always changing. I'm always changing. And we just really have to enjoy what we have today and not worry so much about like, you know, I don't, I try not to at this point go, Oh, you're fat. You know, like they put me into menopause. My body's completely changed. It's amazing. You go into menopause and all of a sudden all of your fat cells are like, let's go have a party in the midsection, you know? And like, they all sort of just gather right at your waist and they have this big party there and they don't leave. And it's like, I say to myself, you know what? I beat myself up all those years about my body, but look, now my body's changed. I wish I had that body. And I had this moment of thought the other day, because now I'm looking for bathing suits that might flatter this party in the middle. And uh, I'm thinking, you know what? Instead of beating up on that, I would really like to say to myself, someday I'm going to look back at this and be like, I wish I looked that good, <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah. right. So like, I don't want to waste my time now beating myself up. So, uh, it's, it's, but it's hard, man. It is a change of mentality and it is, it's really, you have to really get into your brain about that and be very cognizant about, okay, I need to make a decision right now. I'm not going to beat myself up. Right. For me, yeah, for me, I've had like a little bit of a different journey in that I, I haven't really thought that much about my body. This sound, this might sound crazy, but I grew up like a raging tomboy. I grew up in Alaska (laughs) and I just, I've done martial arts my whole life. Like, you know, I'm a biker and it was always about like wrestling and camping. And I just didn't really think about my body that much outside of being an athlete. And then when I was 17, I moved to Latin America. 
<laughs> and in Latin America, they have completely different concepts of fat, you know, and fat is not a bad thing. Like in our culture, it's so negative to be like, oh, you're fat. It's like an insult mm. or I'm fat, something you say to yourself. But in Latin America, that just doesn't exist, not in the same way. And so I remember one time showing up after a couple of months and a friend of mine in Venezuela said like, oh, it's the mas gorda, right? Like, oh, you're fatter than last time I saw you. And I was gutted for just a very short time before I realized like, oh, she's not insulting me. Like she's making a very benign observation that I'm a little bit heavier than the last time I was here. And she's not wrong. (laughs) And so I feel really lucky in that regard that I, I, that was such an influential um, age for me to realize that, yeah, it just kind of is what it is. And so for me, my femininity has been less about my body and my body image and more about my attitude and how I show up, how, how can I show up be feminine and still intelligent. So as you know, like this became one of my I believe statements when I did some specialism training with you and and um, around that first time I started becoming a real photographer and trying to figure out like, who am I actually? And I realized that my hangups were much more about if you're sexy and you're beautiful, you must be stupid. And I don't know where that came from, but I carried that with me for a long time. And so in my mid twenties, like understanding feminism, feminine, my femininity in a way that you can be beautiful and sexy and that doesn't make you ditzy. And so that was my biggest journey was, was coming to that realization that being sexy doesn't undermine my intelligence. And so what does it mean to be a woman in the workforce and a woman out doing things and, and still being considered beautiful and smart? So I've come a long way even from then in the last seven years. Um, and I've realized that femininity to me is much more about my tenderness and how I can have strength and tenderness. And I'm not a mom. And so I also feel a little bit like, okay, I'm 36. I'm not a mom. I might not ever be a mom. Am I a woman, right? Like it's just like navigating that. So it's a little bit, the only reason I bring all this up is just a little bit of a different journey, which just goes to show that none of us define femininity the same way and none of us have the same experience. And as you said, we're all changing all the time and it's just a trip. It's like, how are we supposed to navigate this? Yeah, <laughs> Luckily, then, we have women like you um, that are helping us through it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm figuring it out too. I have no clue. You know, I really don't. And I think that um, it's so interesting that you just said something um, that everybody's different. And I think this is part of what is so confusing for men to understand about women, you know, how do we define what a woman is or, you know, what women should be doing if they don't even know, you know, and and I say all the time that, you know, there's a lot of people that say like, oh, it's, it's men, it's men's time is over. They've had their 15 minutes of fame, right? It's about women. But I really, my heart bleeds sometimes for men because how are they supposed to figure this all out when we haven't even figured it out? And I'm not sure we ever will quite figure it out. I think that the answer really is women don't fit in a box. Women are not all the same. And we show femininity different ways. We act different ways. We have different strengths. And, you know, I think that, and I don't even mean this as an insult at all. I think generally speaking, men are a little more simplistic creatures, right? It's a little bit more 
this is what it is. And it's maybe the way they're, they've been brought up and what they've been told. This is how you behave. You go out, you get a job, you take care of your family. You get, you know, you find a nice girl, you marry her, you get, you know, ABC, it all lines up, whatever. Now women are saying, well, we don't, we don't know if we really want this and we might, and we might not, and we might want something totally different. And I might want to marry a guy and I might not want to marry a woman and I might not want to get married. I might want to have a baby and not get married. Oh my God, the horrors, right? Yeah. Oh you know, <laughs> right. So, um, you know, there, there's so many different ways that we're going to be defined as women. And I think for society, they're spinning their heads a little bit going, I don't even know what to do with this. Yeah, Jen. And I love that you brought up masculinity <clears throat> in this discussion. So, um, I know we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, but I've been working in the anti-human trafficking movement. And it's been really interesting to me to see the Me Too movement and what it's doing to masculinity, right? There's all of this talk about toxic masculinity. And I I also feel for men, I feel like this is a time where they don't know how to be either. They feel like all masculinity is under attack when really we're just talking about toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a culture, we're not really understanding what that means. And so how are we defining femininity without taking the time to define masculinity as well. And they're so intertwined. Um, But I love what you said about bringing the feminine back into feminism. Yeah. Sorry. Can you give me an example of toxic masculinity? Well, I mean, I think it's anytime somebody is, uh, obviously there's sexual assault, but there's sexual harassment. There's any time that you're, abusive, right? Like I was in an abusive marriage and that was very toxic. And that was the toxic masculinity where it's like, it's my way or the highway and you're not as good as me. I mean, there's a lot of ways to define it, but I feel like we know what it's like when we experience it. And we also know what it's like to experience like masculinity as the protector. And I talk about this a lot in the mission statement for my nonprofit. Like we want to engage men and let them know that we celebrate masculinity. We need them to be manly in that definition of men as the protector. So it's just so interesting. Like how can you show up and be a woman if you, if there's not that counterpart there too of the the masculinity that's like also living in a time where it's not defined and everybody's going crazy about it. It's just hard. <laughs> it is hard. I mean, we have, we, if you study, like I studied Reiki and things like that, we have a masculine feminine side to our bodies. Like they're masculine and feminine do live side by side in most things pretty nicely, except for society. For some reason, we haven't figured quite out quite how to do that. You know, um, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to the radio recently and somebody made a comment about that. They don't tell women that they're beautiful anymore. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. And he made a comment about, you know, I told a woman that she was beautiful and her response was, is that all I am to you? Like, I'm not more than that. Like, you know, and it's such an insult when you say that because you're basically just giving me a compliment based on my looks. And so now he's like, I won't tell anybody that they're beautiful anymore. And I was like, that is so sad. That is so sad. Listen, I'm the first one to be like, dig deeper. It's not all about how you look on the outside, but are we getting to the point where like now we can't even say anything to each other without it being perceived as a bad thing? I mean, you wake up in the morning and you get dressed and you do your hair or makeup or, I mean, not if you're the two of us because (laughs) 
I didn't do that this morning. But in general, if you're putting yourself out in the world, usually, you know, you want to be looked at as attractive you know, in one way, shape or form. And so when somebody gives you that feedback, then you go, oh, that's all I am to you. And now, you know, maybe that's it though. Maybe that woman doesn't want that. It's all about perception. You know, in the last podcast, we talked about intention today. It's like perception, you know, everybody has a different perception. So you can say something to a woman, oh, you're so sexy or you're so whatever. And she can perceive that as that's not a compliment. You know, it's not, you're just being superficial with me. And so, yeah, in that way, sometimes I don't even know how to act around women, you know, is it an insult if I say, Lauren, I think you're beautiful. You know, I mean, for me, when I say that, it's not a matter of just outside beauty, it's an inside beauty or whatnot, but to say, you know, oh, you look beautiful today. What do you mean? I don't look beautiful every day. (laughs) You know, like, you know, I mean, people, it's amazing how, how people can turn things. And now I think that you know, there's still something, um, maybe I'm a little bit of a traditionalist, but there's still something nice about the traditions, about chivalry and, you know, compliments. And maybe it's just because I'm old. I don't know. But I still think that, that there's room for that to live somewhere. Yeah, I really believe in the you can have your cake and eat it too, right? Like we have to find a way to navigate where, like for me, like I'm looking for a man who's going to take care of me. And this is a brand new realization. (laughs) I thought forever that it was like, nope, nobody's going to have to take care of me because I'm going to do what I need to do so that I don't have to depend on a man. And I've lived my entire life thinking that. And not that that's bad, but I've recently come to realize like, no, I want somebody to take care of me. Like I appreciate that somebody can go get the oil changed in my car. And like, I am, I can change my own oil. Like I am more than capable, but I know for me, that I want to be taken care of to made, to be made feel special. And I believe that this is a very broad generalization, but a lot of men, that's inherent. They want to care. They want to care for women and they want to care for the women in their lives. And so why not let them do that? Yeah. Right. And so it's like this really fine line of like, but guess what? I'm still going to be a powerhouse in my career. Yeah. You know, and this is, oh, it's so funny you bring up career because I get this a lot because I travel so much for work. So who's watching your kids? What do you do with your kids when you're gone? How do your kids feel about you leaving? What does your family have to say about this? You know, I'm like, really? First of all, let's be real here. I am a decent mom. I'm not going to say good because I don't know if I'm ever a good mom. That's, a, that's an area where I'm super critical. It's really tough being a mom. <laughs> shout out to all the moms out there. The only reason I'm a decent mom is because I get the fuck away from my family once a month and I work like a real human. And I'm like a woman and I have my own thoughts and I eat dinner with a fork and I go to bed like a human being, (laughs) you know, like that's the only reason that I can manage to be a decent mom is because I get a little bit of that time. But I don't think there's any man out there that ever hears, what do your children think about you traveling so much? (laughs) You know, I mean, it's so ridiculous. So yeah, it's like, uh, is it a bad thing because I'm out traveling and working and my husband is home doing the dishes and the homework, you know, like uh, that's the funny thing as much as, as I'm a traditionalist, I love the fact that we don't have those traditional roles in my house because I personally would suffer if I had to do the dishes every day 
and take care of homework every day and didn't get a break from it, I wouldn't be able to survive. I just wouldn't. I'm not that type of person. And any mom out there that's like, I love being a mom and it's the best thing ever. And I do it. And I, I have a lot of moments where it's really hard for me to be a mom. I love my children. That has nothing to do with it, you know, but being a mom is not the only thing that I live for. And if it is for you, great, but it's not for me. And I have to really be aware of that and know, you know what, that's part of my femininity, knowing that I need some me time. I need time away yeah. from my family to think and focus and connect with myself. Cause you know, they're going to be out of the house one day. And then I don't want to be one of those women. That's like, I have no identity because my kids aren't here anymore. You know, for me, that's a priority. Yeah, that's, that would be really scary. Um, and I, the, the things that you're saying is the things that I hear from all of my mom friends, like it's hard and you have to have those moments when you can go out and define yourself and, it's really great because I feel like you do, you do have that where you are a traditionalist yet you're also very modern. And it just goes back to what we're saying. Like it's impossible to define how we're supposed to navigate this. But I think that that's like just a really good start of like realizing that you can do both, especially if you have the right partner. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why does it have to be so, why do we have to put so much structure around it? You know, like, why can't we just say, well, today I feel like, you know, having red nails and lipstick on and tomorrow I feel like changing the oil in my bike <laughs> and, you know, and then the next day, maybe I want to wear lipstick and change the oil in my bike, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. It's like, you know, and I see this a lot with boudoir clients. I say this all the time that boudoir is who you are. So when people come into the studio, I really push them not to dress up like somebody else, right? Like, I don't want you to come in and be somebody else and have this fantasy character. I want you to come in and be you, like the biggest version of you that you could possibly think of. So when they say to me, what do I wear or what do I do or how do I do my makeup? I go, well, what is the most you that you could be? What are the different facets of who you are? And it always amazes me that women come in and they're like, oh, here's three words I would use to describe my photos, like sexy, edgy, and you know, casual. And I'm like, all right, then let's be that, you know, and how often women feel they're most sexy or they're most confident and they're most beautiful in sneakers and a t-shirt, you know, but we put, but we put on, well, but, but I need to wear the sexy lingerie and I need to, no, you don't need to, you just be you the, any way that you want to be, you show up in the world the way you want to be. That's shamelessly feminine, you know, like that is badass. And when you do that, it's like, things just seem to align that way. Right. Well, you know, I'm also a boudoir photographer and I mentioned this before, but I learned everything that I know about boudoir photography from you, Jen. And I remember because I am a tomboy and I did get kind of hung up in the beginning that boudoir and that photographing women had to be about laundry and heels. And I did a couple of shoots and, you know, you were critiquing my images. And the first thing you said to me was like, you said, Lauren, I don't believe these. And I was like, what do you mean? And you're like, they're not believable. I don't get it. I don't see you in these images at all. And they were images I was taking, but like, I don't know about lingerie and I don't know about high heels and makeup and blowouts. And, and you saw straight through that and you challenged me to really define what that is for me. And I started doing outdoor boudoir in like just brown panties. And even like I've had clients roll around in mud and like, that's the kind of client <laughs> that I attract and it's much more believable. And, it, and it, it is, it's just like how we define it and that it's not always just the things we think of as feminine pink and lace. And of course, you know, I'm much more into <laughs> motorcycle boots and leather and I still feel sexy. Like I know when I walk into a room, like 
I think I'm sexy because of how I'm carrying myself, not because I'm, you know, I'm not wearing a pencil skirt or something like that. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a good metaphor for life, right? Like really knowing who you are and just showing up that way, really knowing it. And you know, you don't have to just be one person, you know, like even in my wardrobe, I say all the time, I have different styles, right? Like I have like the boho and I have, you know, more modern, you know, New York city street style, whatever it is, there's different facets to who I am. And, and every day I wake up, I might want to be this facet or that facet, you know, it just, it's not, it's not singular. We're not just like, I'm Jen and this is what I am, period. It's like, I'm Jen and this is what I feel like today or tomorrow <laughs> it might be a different story. You know, I'm going to show up in the world differently tomorrow, um, but still genuine to who I am in that moment. And being shameless about it, right? That's right. your whole message is like, you're, you're allowed to have all of these different facets and it's okay to be shameless about it. Like, yeah, I am this and it's rad, <laughs> yeah. period. <laughs> right. And you know what, being shameless, let's talk about that for a second. Cause I, you know, I think people think, and people often say to me, like, you're a badass. You just show up. You just kick ass. It doesn't mean that I don't have moments of like, is this the right thing to do? Should I be doing this? Is this? But I realized that for me, shameless is really about really listening to my instincts and my gut. Like if I really do that, my gut tells me what needs to happen. You know, like it needs to tell me what, what happens. And it could be taking a risk on a wardrobe item, or it could be taking a risk in business, or it can be saying no to something that everybody else is like, are you crazy? That sounds like a great opportunity. And me going, it's just, I'm just not feeling it. You know, those things always work out. And that's, that's what shameless is about. Shameless is not about like ego and being all like, you know, showing up and being like, I'm badass and you suck. And, you know, and, and be, you know, I think, the, first of all, one of the most badass things that you could be is modest, <laughs> you know, and quiet about your badassiness because, you know, you don't, if you need to go to the rooftop and sell, tell everyone you're badass, you're not badass. Like, you're probably yeah. just, you know. <laughs> right? Like, I, mean, I love when, like, in my town, it's a very close-knit town and people always be like, oh, I, I have to tell you, I'm not into the gossip here. I'm like, if you have to tell me that, you probably are, actually, <laughs> because... <laughs> If you're not, I'll know. Like, you don't have to tell me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I think for me, that's what being shameless is about is not being like, you know, you're showing up in the world as you really are, but you don't, it doesn't matter to you what other people think. So, you don't have to convince them one way or another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what's important and what I feel is in alignment with your message is that you do have to take the time to figure those things out right? Like you have to do a lot of, there's a lot of introspection that needs to be done before you can step out shamelessly, right? Because if you don't know, how do you declare? Yeah. So taking that time to really think about these things and understand them and question them and converse about them, they're so important. And like having girlfriends and, and guy friends too, that you can bounce these things off of and like asking people like, how do you see me? And seeing how that resonates and like what fits and what doesn't and then making that decision for yourself, especially when it comes to femininity, because no two people are going to have the same definition because we don't have the same experiences. Yeah. You know, yesterday, um, okay, well, um, before I tell you about my experience yesterday, I want to tell you, I've only had two guys on my podcast ever, Steve Maraboli and Corey Muscara. And Corey Muscara is uh, a mindfulness coach, I guess we'll call him. He was amazing. If you haven't listened to the podcast, you guys should listen to the podcast with him. And one of the things that he says is like, the, one of the number one things that you should be doing is taking quiet time and asking yourself, 
who am I? Who am I? And I was like, oh, you just blew my mind, man. Because like, how often do we really check in with ourselves in that way? You know, we, we are so good at going through life, having expectations for other people and saying, well, they should be this way and they should be that way and they should have done this and they should have done that. How often are we turning that around on ourselves and going, who am I and how am I showing up in the world? And on the flip side of that, sometimes we don't know how we're showing up in the world. So like you said, touching base with people that you love is a great thing. Yesterday for me, I went to the grocery store. And I saw a woman that I know at the grocery store and she was like, Jen, I have to tell you something. Um, I don't know her very well, but we've, you know, I've known her for a few years before I got breast cancer. And she said to me, uh, you know, I know her casually. She said, you know, I don't always comment. I'm not really big on Instagram, but I just want to say to you, hell yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah. And she was like, yeah, like you're a badass and I love what you write and I love your messages and you just keep doing what you're doing because you are making a dent in the world. She said, I don't always comment. You don't always know that I'm there and that I'm listening and that I hear you, but I do. I hear you and other people do too. So just keep doing it. And every time that happens, I don't walk away with like, yeah, I'm so awesome. Like I, I walk away and go, thank you universe for giving me the little pat on the back that I needed to continue doing my job today. You know, just that little pat on the back and for basically giving me a little reassurance that what I'm doing is the right thing. And sometimes that's all we need is just that little reassurance. So if she sees me as a badass, then she's right. You know, like she is, she's correct. I'm not going to take that away. I'm not going to say to her, oh no, I'm not a badass. Like I mm, don't say that about me. I say, thank you so much. I'm so glad it resonates with you. It really means a lot to me that you said something to me. And just again, say, thank you universe. Thank you for giving me that little pat on the back to let me know I'm up the right alley right now, because we still need that in a way to keep going. Right. We still sometimes need, even though I'm shamelessly feminine, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, I still need a pat on the back once in a while. I still need somebody to say, yep, you got it. You're, you're on the right track, you know, and good job. Um, so I, I think that understanding how people perceive us is important sometimes in that case is exactly what I mean. Yeah, it's so interesting because I, so I think one of the best ways to really get to know yourself is to get divorced. (laughs) I'm not obviously not advocating divorce, but when I went through my divorce, um, and I mentioned this before, my, my marriage was actually very emotionally abusive and he put a lot of definitions on me that didn't fit. And you were really helpful in that, Jen, because your message is, you know, what are the lies that we're telling ourselves? And getting really clear with like, is this a lie? And then taking that a step deeper for me and saying, not what are the lies am I telling myself, but what are the lies that he told me mm-hmm. or that other people tell us, you know, it could be a relationship or a boss, it could be anybody in our lives. And so also distinguishing what's real in that regard. And so when I got divorced, I had to take three years to figure out that question. Like, who am I? And like, how am I feminine? And that's why I told you it. I'm just very recently realizing that I want somebody to take care of me. That's new Um, because I had to come to that realization after a couple of years of trying to figure out who am I. And for me, I mentioned this also before, my femininity is really defined in my tenderness. And one of my, you know, one of my taglines that I use on my website and my social media is that I'm fiercely tender hearted. Like I will go to bat for tenderness And that's when I feel the most feminine is when I get to be tender with somebody, whether it's with my puppy 
or my cousin, or if I get into a relationship or even with my mom, like caretaking and being tender and being the emotional support for somebody like that's when I feel most feminine. And I know that I can do that in motorcycle boots. And because I've gotten this opportunity over the last three years to define this for myself, nobody can ever take that away from me again. Nobody's going to be able to come into my life and say, well, you're, you're not this way because I pretty much know now. So that was a really beautiful opportunity of something that came out of something really hard. Yeah. And you know, all those things only come out of things that are really hard, by the way. Yeah. So, like you'll never your learn. cancer. Yeah. I mean, you'll never learn who you are by like not going through something hard. I was just going to say, I just think it's, um, it's really important to remember that we don't all go through the same hard things. And so when we talk about femininity, just giving women the permission to like, just define it for themselves and that you don't have to fit in, in this box. Yeah. And you don't have to convince anybody. You can just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. All right. So Lauren, I don't want to, I want to kind of wrap up soon, but I, you sent me this box. So I, every year I pick a word, right. That will guide my mm-hmm. year. This year. My word is shine. So Lauren sent me this box of these pop open cards. They're really cute. And um, they're called thoughtfuls. And this was shine was the theme of this box. So Lauren in her tenderness and her caretaking sent me, it reminded me when you said that sent me this box and I open one every now and again when I'm feeling like, okay, I need a little reminder to shine today. I need a little reminder, but I haven't been working out of my office so much lately because I, I opened a new studio and I've been there a lot. So I haven't opened one in a while. And I was thinking that, um, we can open one together and maybe we would open one at the end of every podcast together. Um, so on the outside of this box, it says, celebrate your spirit, cherish your gifts and know that you are remarkable. And, um, I think that that's a great generalized message to women, Um, that no matter how you show off your femininity or you express it, or you discover it, that you are remarkable. So are you cool with me opening one? Yes, please. All right. So it's just a little, um, this little, maybe like two by two square card and it says shine. And then it says pop open here and you just kind of open it. That was very dramatic, that noise. Um, oh, this is a very nice quote. It says, there is in each of us so much goodness that if we could see it glow, it would light the world by Sam Friend. First of all, it's a beautiful quote. Second of all, his last name is Friend. Like that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That is a beautiful quote. There is in each of us so much goodness that if we could see it glow, we would light the world. And you know what I love about that quote is that it's really, it reminds me really about sort of women working together and, you know, you could maybe be a candle and a candle doesn't have much light, but if you bring all the candles together, how much light that brings to the world. And I I really think that that's a good message for women because I think we get a bad rap about being so hard on each other and not being nice to each other and being catty and um, not supporting each other. So I guess if anything, the message today is to love your sister. Um, not your real sister, maybe, because I know that's tough, but no, I'm teasing. Not your real, <laughs> like your sisters, you know, like we're all sisters. We're all in this together and, um, you know, to support each other and love each other. And, you know, only together can we figure out this femininity puzzle. Yeah. And also to give each other permission to define it differently. Like I can't take my definition and put it on you because we, we have totally different lives. Yeah. And that's so giving women the permission to do that, I think is really a really great step. 
Yeah. And that's what I love so much about doing this with you, Lauren, is that we do come from totally different worlds, opposite ends of the country, you know, (laughs) different life situations. And yet I relate so much to what you say. And I think that, you know, it works vice versa as well. And it just goes to show that even if you're in different situations, even if you have different life circumstances, we're all more alike than we are different. Absolutely. Amen, Jen. (laughs) All right. I think that's a good place to end this podcast. But again, you guys, if you want to hear more about all of this, or you want to touch base with us or connect, you can either connect via email, social media, or you can connect with us on the social, I'm sorry, on the Facebook page, Shamelessly Feminine. Um, And if you get a, or the page, sorry, and there's also a group Shamelessly Feminine. So you should join us there as well. And if you get a chance, please, please, please five-star review our leave a five-star rating for our shamelessly feminine podcast. So other people will want to listen as well. And uh, I hope you all have an amazing, awesome, shameless and shamelessly feminine day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the shamelessly feminine podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.